Reading from the book of Hebrews. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sown in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all of these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better. So they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Fourteen years ago, I got married, and immediately I began to learn new things. Like any groom, I started to pay attention to what was going on and what needed to go on. One of the things I learned how to do soon after getting married was run. Now, I knew how to run. And I was not running from anyone. What I was taught was how to run with efficiency, how to train. Sally had been a track star and a cross-country runner, and so she began to run, and I decided to spend time with her, and we would go for runs. And we enjoyed it. We enjoyed that time together. And we liked to be able to talk. Well, I talked. She listened, or she didn't. I never really could tell. She had this concentration. It was unbelievable, this this intensity about the way she ran. It was frightening, really. (laughs) We'd go for these runs, and I would babble and babble, and she would stay focused, and, and we enjoyed, I guess, that time together. 
So this week when I was thinking through this sermon a little more, I asked Sally, the expert, the track and field expert, to tell me a little bit about relay races. I said, wouldn't it make sense if you just took the fastest person and let him run all four legs of the race? She was gracious and said, well, that wouldn't be a relay race. That would be a sprint. She didn't add the duh to the end that she was thinking. They got me to thinking more about relay races. There's this art to passing the baton. It's the challenge. It's what makes it the unique kind of race that it is. It unites this team in a way that just sprinting would not. Sally told me that the shorter the race, the more critical it is that you pass the baton well. If it's a longer race and you have a clumsy pass, well, you can make up for that time with a... Uh, the longer bit of racing you're going to do. But if it's a short race, that moment is when the race is won or lost. A clean pass will make the difference for the whole race. There's a section of the track that the two runners who are passing the baton can be in at the same time, but then before the section ends, the baton has to be released by the one passing it in order for the next one to run his leg of the race. And if you've paid attention to track meets, you've noticed that when a runner has finished his leg and can catch his breath, he then begins joining the crowd and cheering on his teammates for the rest of the race because his success is bound up in the success of those who run with him. Our success as Christians is bound up with one another. Faith is born and faith lives in community. We can't outsprint life and we don't live by ourselves. Life is not a sprint. It's a relay race and we're part of a team. My cousin's husband died very unexpectedly last weekend and I went up for the visitation. He was 60, had just retired, and they had these great plans for what the next chapter of their life would hold. I went up and to the visitation. I saw my cousin Catherine, his widow, standing there by his casket. and She said three remarkable things to me in that moment. She said that the instant I knew that he was gone, I realized that I had taken him for granted. It hit me how much I had taken him for granted. And then she said, but you know we were one. So I know that going forward when I think about things that, that my thoughts are his thoughts, the way in our life together... His thoughts were my thoughts. And finally, she said, standing right there by his casket. She said, I thought it was my prayers that were keeping me strong through all of this. And then she made a gesture about the room. And she said, but now I know it was all of y'all's prayers, too, that are helping hold me up. Faith is born and lives in community. 
The 11th chapter of Hebrews begins with the definition of faith. It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Hebrews says that by faith our ancestors received approval and then person after person from the Hebrew story is lifted up to give us examples of that faith. They're, they're brief reminders shared of their stories and how faith, not certainty, pulled them through. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Moses, all celebrated for their faith. And then because time wouldn't allow for it, you're not the first to want shorter sermons. Because time wouldn't allow for it, there were more depictions, but only short. The preacher just starts dropping names and brief reminders of their story. It was by faith that the Israelites walked through a sea as if it were dry land. The Israelites didn't know. They could not have known reason and experience told them otherwise. They did not know for certain that they would get across that See, the Egyptians, as you'd expect, drowned in it. By faith, the Israelites looked, went through what looked like it would be certain death. And they lived. The Israelites, by faith, walked around the walls of Jericho for seven days. They blew their horn and then who would have guessed the walls came tumbling down their greatest obstacle taken care of by faith. Not everyone listed in this great listing was an upstanding person. Faith isn't only for the righteous. The slowest runner is still on the team. The Hebrew preacher names Rahab, a prostitute who was preserved because she helped the spies. He, he talks about Jephthah who has a very tragic story too. These aren't all perfect people and they haven't reached some faith threshold that makes their prayers, their lives more worthy than yours for some reason. The results of the faith got what they wanted. For some reason, others did not get the results for their faith that we would want. While some through Faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release. They were mocked and flogged, chained and imprisoned, stoned, sown, killed, went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. Faith does not assure us that every sea can be crossed safely. Faith does not assure us that every obstacle we encounter will come down after seven days of praying. Not every lion's mouth will be shut or every raging fire extinguished. Faith is not an eraser of troubles. Faith is a conviction that someday God will set things right. Someday 
the finish line will be crossed and the certain victory, the victory that Christ has won, will be enjoyed. The Hebrews preacher says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Like an Olympic stadium full of cheering fans, we are encouraged on our leg of the race. Those witnesses who first held the baton and have run the race the best that they could. Those witnesses we've heard of, we've watched, we've learned from. We've only been able to begin our leg of the race because they have finished their leg so well. And now, having passed the baton on to us, they join those who cheer for us from the stands. We now hold the baton. And we run the race the best that we can. But this is no sprint. You can't out-sprint life. This is a long, long race and we are going to stumble. There are curves on the track. There's a hurdle. And then another. There are pits to go through and some will slow us to a crawl. At times we may think we're doing fine and feel like it's our prayers that are helping us. And other times our legs can't move in the entire step, race, whether sprinting or crawling. The reality is it is our prayers among so many other prayers. And that when we can't pray, others still are. At some point, it'll be our time to pass the baton to others and they will have watched us and they will have learned from us and they will begin their leg while we catch our breath and then join the others in that great cloud of witnesses cheering them on. As in any relay race, there's a fourth runner. The one who has passed us the baton and the one who has received it back. The one that those who passed us the baton have looked to. The one we look to. The one those who will pass the baton will look to. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. There is one runner in this race who is allowed to run alongside each leg of the race. And he's the one who finishes the race for us. The one who assures us of the victory. This thing we have hoped for. This conviction we have not yet seen. That all things will be made right. There is one. Jesus. Jesus who joined the others in praying on our behalf. Jesus who has been there running with us even when we did not know He was there. There when we stumbled. There when we strode well. There when we weren't sure we believed in anyone or any God. There for the entire race. Jesus. Who will be there for the race that's yet to come. Even when it is our leg of the race, He's there. And on days when we're not able to carry the baton, He carries us for us. 
He's there when we need to pass the baton to him, and he's there when it's time to pass it back to us. He's there, running the race. Jesus, he's there. Amen.